alone. It's much better. <laughs> Go. Oh, hi. I'm Caitlin, and I am the new host of Half-Assed Homesteading. <laughs> and joining me, because now I'm the host, is Matt and Mike. Hello. Yo. Hi, guys. What's going on? So, um, yeah, I'm officially half-assed homesteading. Today it felt extremely official because today we got pigs. You felt like we were full-ass homesteading. Today. I was like, whoa, this is the nervous, real huh? deal. This is happening. Um, but I'm all right with that, I guess. Are you? <laughs> I am all right with that. So here's the deal about me. I am from... The city of cities, one of them. I'm from San Diego. It's a major city in the world. Yeah, but nobody. And it's just a beach. That's right. But okay, like, how about this though? But whales in a prison pool. The reason I say that though is mm-hmm. when you think of San Diego, do you think of pigs? Not think so much, them. right? Chicharrones. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I am from a suburban well, area. anywhere in California, people think yeah. California is just L.A. Which isn't probably. true. Northern California certainly very rural. Is Most of very, California very is very rural. rural, but not so much from where I'm from. Not San Diego. I think when I think of San Diego, I think of suburbs. I don't really think of a big city. I just feel like it's all suburbs, and then a few buildings down by the beach. I don't think I've ever been to San Diego. I've been to San it's Francisco. Garbage. Yeah. <sighs> It's definitely not garbage, but anyways. Um, I'm sure there's some nice So this, this homesteading lifestyle, however mm. half-assed it might be, or full-assed, as you said, is very new to me. Um, but it's something that I do enjoy. Right. And we've been talking the about challenges it, of it for quite a bit. And we've been on, like, chickens. Chickens I've always wanted. I've been while. fine with. We've and had chickens for a year now. Now the shit's getting real. Uh, yeah, and now it's like we're, we're really cranking out some some real farm esque homesteading yeah. <laughs> things. So we have we're down to six chickens total, except right. we went and got twelve more baby chicks, yeah. which I'm excited about because basically I want lots of different breeds because. Of course, everybody's familiar with white eggs, and everybody knows the brown eggs or the farm fresh eggs, or that's what people think, but it just depends on the breed of chicken. But I want every color that there is, and that includes blue and pink and purple and green mm-hmm. and olive green, yep. along with all the various shades of brown. So I want my egg basket to look like a rainbow. And so we got... We had gotten six of the midnight midnight Marinas? midnight Myrna? Mayan midnight Myrna. Mar- whatever They're midnight Marin I think Marin. is what they were called. They're all black. They're like solid black. They lay a dark brown egg. Mm-hmm. Um, foragers. They're kind of like a forager mm-hmm. chicken. They're a good hardy breed. We got six of those, and then when we were at Tractor Supply again picking up some feed, I saw that they had Easter eggers, and I was like, "Well, I I can't pass that go. up." So we got. Which I always six thought Easter eggers were Americanas. Americana right? is an Easter egg. Yeah. Easter egger isn't technically a breed. Americana is a breed. Right. Easter egger is just what you call any chicken that lays a colored egg. Uh, okay. Being not brown. I would say like you're not probably not going to get Americanas <clears throat> at. And the way that right? you get. Yeah. 
So it's this whole thing. Easter eggers are any breed of chicken that lays like the blue eggs, the blue pinky eggs or whatever, colored eggs. The way that you get an olive egger to have the olive eggs is you have to breed a brown egg laying breed with a blue egg laying breed Mm -hmm. and that produces the green and then you Mm. then breed that with a brown egg again and that produces the olive green because it's a little bit darker so we're in the chicken breeding business we're we're slowly but surely working on it i guess (laughs) i just like the idea of having all the different colors that's all my goal is i'm interested in seeing what they look like yeah 10 generations down the road right for sure cool I mean, it's going to be brown. It's going to happen. They're right. All be They're all going to be brown. Yeah. Um, except for my Easter eggers. Hopefully, I'm really well, hopeful for them. Get bread out of them. You know what I mean? It's going to. Yeah. It's going to get darker and darker. Uh, right. It yeah. it will get darker and darker if we just kind of let them do their thing. Some people are so particular about it, like they keep them in separate pens mm-hmm. and separate runs in order to not breed with you know those are the real hardcore people and and i'm not that hardcore yeah i used to work with a guy that bred his chickens for he would show them mm-hmm. uh, and he he was super proud of his americanas and they were really pretty they had like long feathers they look like fur mm-hmm. yeah. furry legs and feet what um, we did get at the store is what's called pullets which is all female chickens mm-hmm. When you buy straight run, you're taking a chance on them it's being male to be all females, or female. Well, so here's the thing. We Last the year, we got burned. We bought pullets, supposedly, but like five out of the eight were roosters. Yeah. Yeah. This year, we bought pullets again, but I did. You can sex certain breeds within a certain within a certain number of days of them being hatched. It's only you can only do it reliably in like the first week. Yeah, and you can sex them by their wing. And I did check all of them, and I'm pretty confident they are all hens. So, hopefully. We'll see how good the uh, beautiful fiancé's chicken sexing skills are. <laughs> you can you can <sighs> sex them with their vent, but I can't remember yeah. how. That's like right when they're born, you squeeze the poop out of them. Mm-hmm. You have to squeeze them, and you flip and some, I guess It's the way that their vent the looks. The little weenie shows, I guess, if it's a boy. I don't no. know. <laughs> it's basically no the idea. shape of their vent. I know I just saw it on Dirty Jobs one time where this Chinese guy was doing like mm-hmm. 3,000 yeah. chickens a day. Yeah. And he was like... Yeah. That's crazy. Squeezing poop out all day. I've, um, <clears throat> the, the other thing I've looked into when it comes to our chickens is they have something called, um, hen saddles or chicken saddles. For a while there, I was looking like we might need them. Mm-hmm. And what that is basically is when your rooster is just really relentless on your girls when it comes to mating, he will kind of be hurting their their backs the, he, the feathers will be gone and their backs just kind of get a little I mean, they raw do have bald spots, yeah. they have full bald spots <clears throat> on them and basically a, a chicken saddle it's a very misleading name because basically what it is is picture an apron that covers the chicken's back mm-hmm. it goes around their wings to hold in place and it's just a piece of cloth that covers their back um I don't know who named them saddles. I would have named them chicken aprons, but whatever. <laughs> just them raw dog but anyways, it basically just kind of protects their protects them from from that roughness on their on their raw backs. But I'm kind of holding off because I'm really hoping that once we add twelve more hens to that flock. Mm-hmm. The rooster's attention will be spread out much more than just the five girls he has now. We just got to keep him from killing. Um, yeah, 
And so that that will help, um, I think. But they'll be separate for a while. If we, yeah, it's going to be a while because <clears throat> you cannot add new chickens to an existing flock until they are the same size or else the larger ones will kill the other ones. Mm -hmm. But that's about it for chicken updates. Um, They are still cranking out eggs going strong, which they're still young. Like I said, we got the, the, we got our existing chickens just one year ago, almost to the date. Um, And so it's very, very standard for them to be very strong egg producers, at least in that first year. Yeah. Um, It might taper off a little bit, especially in the winter and future years, but we'll see. So that's about it for chickens. Then the big, big exciting news, like we mentioned, is we got pigs now. Um, We got two baby Cooney Cooney pigs. I say babies, they're weaned. They're about four weeks old and they are as cute as could be um, (laughs) for now. I'm, they will get uglier and uglier as they grow older, <laughs> but um, they're doing good. We got them set up in right now. They are in a um, dog kennel um, and they have a little dog igloo for their shelter um, because we will be thinning out some of the woods behind our house, probably about an acre. It's between like an acre and two, two acres. Yeah, I think it's going to be closer. To It'll two. be closer to two. But we're going to thin out the woods back there. And that is where we will be building a fenced-in pen area with shelters for the pigs, for the goats that we plan to get. And we also intend to move our chickens back there also. Um, so that'll be exciting when that comes. And get them in their like official final home. But so far the pigs are they're alright. We got their food, we got their water. They eat a mixture. You know, everybody talks about you can feed pigs anything, they'll mm-hmm. eat anything. So yes, pigs will eat anything. It's not it's necessarily recommended <laughs> yeah. to feed them anything, however. They still need a 16% hog feed. Um, I think they make a 15, a 16. Yeah. And something else that was more for like um, finishing, finishing for right. growers for growing. They still cells. need, you know, their mm. feed that gives them their proper nutrients. Now, what we've done is we've mixed it, their feed and whole corn, and then we will probably also add um, sweet mix, sweet feed, sweet feed to that. Yeah. Um, but they're eating that and mix, that fifty fifty mix, yeah, pretty good. We laid out a, a little Already. a, a thing of that and a thing of water, and they went straight to it. And they'll go to town on acorns. They'll yeah. even eat uh, pine cones around here. I've been seeing them going after pine nuts. I'll definitely probably yes. throw out some scraps to them, just like I do the chickens. But I'm not gonna be. It's funny because the woman that we got the pigs from, she was talking about. Yep. Shout out to shout out to Sh- Sam. Yeah, That's thank. Her. Shout out to Sam. Thank you, Sam. Um, she's our pig dealer. <laughs> uh, she breeds these Cooney Cooney pigs and and sells them um, routinely. And, and goats, too. If you need anything, hit us up. We'll get you in touch with her. Yeah. She has quite a few sows and has a great little setup. I think she has three males. Three males. Um, and piglets. I think like four. Oh, piglets left. Yeah. Uh, left. And there was a new sow mm-hmm. that was just born i think a week ago that thing um, was so freaking cute we pulled weaned, up the three males are weaned 
We pulled up and that little baby teeny tiny pig. We're talking mm. like a week old. It was so tiny. It was like fuzzy. He stuff. was so cute. And his little <laughs> tail would wag. Oh my gosh. What uh what's the ballpark? What do they go for? So these are not registered. Right. Apparently yeah. they you can get papers and get them registered and yeah. on the breed. I have heard them. of Cooney Cooney oh. pigs that are registered like that with papers being around eight hundred each. Yeah. And yeah. We paid <laughs> they're the the bloodline yeah. comes from papered registered hogs. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. don't but have papers. They didn't do the uh, we paid two hundred apiece. Okay. I on my little homesteading group on Facebook I had mentioned weeks ago that we were getting pigs and they were gonna be cooney cooney and tell me what I need to know and here's how much we're paying. And it was funny because the responses were kind of split, but people are coming from all kinds of states with mm-hmm. these answers. And yeah. some people were like, that's a great price. You need to jump on that. And other people were like, yeah, that's about right. That's what I've paid. So yeah. ultimately, we were comfortable paying that. Mm-hmm. I do think it's worth it. And it know, will be in the end, too. We're okay we're with that. Get, so do know. they get big? They, they do <laughs> get. Yes. So the full grown ones that she had, they were pretty hefty that thing had to be 300 pounds. i'd say probably yeah easily over 200 probably around 250 um and the meat of cooney cooney well, pigs 20 baby so that thing was yeah you're yeah, maybe big. they're closer to like 300. 300 they're very they get big <laughs> but the thing about cooney cooney the breed itself compared to like pot pigs mm-hmm. or something else is this is a slow growing breed mm-hmm. so the standard is 18 to two, 18 months to two years. Yeah. Some people can take them to a year to 18 months. Sam was saying one year would be okay. Yeah. If that helps with the marbling. Yes. Yeah. And apparently yeah. And that's is, the other um, thing about them is they are very marbled meats. Almost like a wagyu other, of, Yeah, like pork. red meat. Right. Yeah, like wagyu. Right. Yeah. Um, Compared to other breeds of pork, they're very marbled. Right. Um, which is funny because some people look at that as a good thing and then right. some people look at that as a not so great thing. Right. Um, then go to Walmart and get your garbage right. pork chops. When it comes to <laughs> pigs, though, yeah. I'm glad we're starting with this breed because the research I've done so far is that they are a very docile breed by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, these little babies are a little skittish of us right now, but they're probably freaked out from the car ride and everything yeah. or truck ride. And um, she, she told us, she said, they're just going to mellow out yeah. more and more as they, they get don't, older. They don't tunnel. Mm-hmm. They don't dig big holes they don't, to get in. They don't, they don't break out and run don't for try it. Try to get out of your fence. Yeah. Nothing like that. You don't have to have electrified fence. Nothing. They just yeah. chill. And they're they are a foraging pig yeah. as well, which was another big thing that we wanted, so we can you know fence off this acre and put our goats and chickens and pigs all in the same pen mm-hmm. and just let them yeah let do, them do their, their thing, thing. coexist out there. Yeah, and the setup for the pigs that they need. It's very simple. What she had is very simple. You know, yeah. you need a fence and they need some sort of shelter, whether you build it from wood, whether right now mm-hmm. we're using a dog mm-hmm. um, house because yeah. that's what they'll fit in right now. And that's what we had. And some hay and, a, you know, some shade. And yeah. They'll get sunburn. That's really about yeah, it. They're pretty furry, though, but, too. Yeah, they're they furry. are pretty furry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just. Um, they um, were, they were, you know, obviously weaned, but they wormed. Before we got them, she yeah. did three worm treatments. She said if they get in the hay in the wintertime, they can get mites mm-hmm. and stuff like that from the hay. Uh, so you might just preventative. Um, I mean, there's sprays. 
Yeah, yeah. ivermectin. Ibromectin. She just uses ivermectin. Ivermectin, which is a very standard wormer. Yeah. It you um, can use. I, said humans you can, can use ivermectin. Yeah. Ivermectin is like put a, put a line down their back. Yeah, she says she, when, she, so she was telling us for the ivermectin. She said when the pigs get this was kind of strange to me, but she says she's done it and it's worked. She says that she doesn't bother trying to get ivermectin into this pig's mouth when they're older. What she does is when she sees signs of lice or Mm -hmm. mites or worms or whatever, if the pig's getting lethargic and might have worms or... Mm -hmm. I think she was meaning this more for actual skin conditions and not worms. Right. Okay. But when it comes to the lice and the mites, when she starts to see their their fur kind of go bare... um, because there's an issue, she says she will take a, a shot of ivermectin in the syringe and mm. literally just shoot it onto like right down, down their spine yeah. onto their skin like a topical treatment. She says in her experience, it's worked every time. The three worm treatments that they received um, as piglets were orally. That was yeah. oral. Yeah. So ivermectin is typically an internal right. or internal parasite. Exactly. It's a little more expensive than like permethrin, mm-hmm. which is what I would recommend for topical and, right yeah. right and it is dirt cheap and you can spray yeah. it and they probably sell it down to cassis store honestly they got a little uh, bit of everything they have a tractor there. supply for sure yeah um and uh the only thing it's not safe for is cats mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. anything else you're fine cool yeah ivermectin people is too, like I mean, like i said people saying that but, but it's yeah. It really, ivermectin, aside from cats, ivermectin is the, like the blanket go-to wormer for all animals. Mm-hmm. Humans and also, humans, yep. you just mm-hmm. have to get the dose right depending on what species you're worming. Mm-hmm. Um, horses, cat, I mean, cat, yeah. everything, everything. Yeah. I, mean, I took a dose after I came out of the I've woods. heard of people doing <laughs> that. Um, I got real sick. Yeah. So I can only imagine what it's, I had going on. It's pretty. Like, <laughs> it was bad. Lyme disease or something. I did have Lyme disease. Mm, that's not, miserable. That was not associated with this. Oh, okay. So yeah, the pigs are, you know, they're doing good. I'm excited to get the trees cleared out and um, get their new setup done. And I think that'll be really exciting. Yeah. And get. Um, we got a uh, Will Warnock is going to come. Okay. Um, do that. Uh, his dad is the chaplain at Camden Fire Department. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will's a young man starting his business out. Um, I got to meet this guy. I yeah. know him sort of, but oh, dude? I never met him, met him. Yeah, he seems like a really good guy. Yeah. Um, but he's going to come. He's got attachment for the um, front of his brush hog, a mulcher, and he's going to come mulch some shit up for us, clear it underbrush. Yeah, we're basically clearing out all the trees that are less than six inches in diameter and all the underbrush. We'll take down a couple larger pine trees, too. Um, Those. To talk about the next thing, how about your your raised beds? Oh, I plan to talk about that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited to get the trees cleared out and get that section It's like you've got to go through trees, then you get to our house, then you got our backyard, then you got a crap ton more trees. We're clearing out an area past the backyard for all these animals, and I'm excited to kind of get them out there a little bit further from the house. Um, Mm -hmm. And all the more reason to get the animals, especially the chickens, out of the backyard Mm -hmm. is because we just built raised beds in our backyard and our chickens will tear up our garden if we leave them in there so it's kind of everything's coming together with with a very distinct purpose um our raised beds are awesome i absolutely love them shout out to my friend tim from california um i have known him since i was 10 years old and 
He posted a picture on Facebook of raised beds that he built for him and his wife. And I was like, hey, that's genius. I have been researching raised beds and trying to find something that I like that's efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about as efficient as you can and go. That is, really, right. Really. And that is also kind of decently cost effective. And I'll explain what we did in a second. But we were looking into all the different typical raised bed options. It's like you can buy pre-made ones. Those are so expensive. Mm-hmm. You can buy big galvanized big tubs. Those are like 200 bucks a piece At for least. about eight square feet. <laughs> yeah, you're not you getting know? much yield. It, you're not getting a ton of space for that price. It's so much. What we did is um, we used what is called, um, they are cinder blocks and they are called, well, they're just in the I'm shape. I'm going to give the specific name. They're in the shape of an X. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are called planter wall cinder blocks. Yeah. Planter wall, old castle planter wall, eight inch long, six inch height, eight inch deep, concrete retaining wall block. Yeah. And they are, yeah, like Matt said, they're in the shape of it's basically. Eight by eight block with two and a quarter inch slits cut in each mm-hmm. side. So a two by six. Fits perfectly. It slides right in there and fits perfectly. So we got two by sixes, Mm -hmm. eight feet long, and we basically built a giant U that is four feet wide. Four foot wide. Four foot wide. 16 feet long. And it's 16 feet long. And 16 feet across the back. Yeah. So so 16 times three, mm -hmm. you know, roughly. It's um, 18 inches deep. As well, so it is ample. ample we got three tons of dirt dropped, topsoil dropped off, and we're right. going to need Good probably attention. nine. But <laughs> with you guys clearing all that out there, yes. that is a perfect place to put it. Yeah. All the all the debris you're going to pull out of the back, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that'll help for um, a long time. I've yeah, had a we, lot. We of... We're going to like put it down on the bottom, mm-hmm. put the topsoil on top. Yep. Now we have the liner. We did do the garden liner on the bottom because as I was digging, trying to level some stuff out, there's I hit grubs everywhere. Yeah. Um, grubs aren't really that bad. A lot of those grubs don't want anything to do with your food. No. Um, I'm worried about the ones flying over yeah. that see the vegetables and want to land on yeah. it and have babies and all that kind of shit. But, um, yeah, so the raised bed, we just need more. I'm going to load. I'm going to get a truck We're just going to need a ton more. Oh, the compost. other thing that we did. So this is just the boards, the concrete blocks. And we also ran rebar. The the cinder blocks mm-hmm. have holes down the middle. Yeah. We ran rebar long enough that it goes through all three bricks stacked up. Because yeah, like Matt said, twenty four inch rebar. Because like Matt said, we stacked eighteen inches high, mm-hmm. and so the rebar is long enough that it goes through all the blocks and into the ground, yep. helping support everything. Because um, that's going to be a lot of weight in there. Yeah, right. Once you, know, we, you could pour uh, quickcrete down in the hole, I guess. You could, you but could I think your it, wood's going to degrade before. Yeah. You yeah. have to worry about that. I don't, I don't even think it's necessary. I think I, we're planning on the pine. It's spruce pine, mm-hmm. untreated. We're planning on it lasting eight. Last three years. Three years three? is what you're going to get. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking five. Maybe. I'm wondering um, if we should go ahead and treat it well, and make it last I found a longer. company in Oregon that makes an internal wood stabilizer. Mm-hmm. It's completely organic. Um, has no smell, no taste, uh, but it, it when you put it on raw wood, there's a chemical reaction that forms and it soaks into the wood and makes it water resistant. Plasticize it, yeah. Um, um, but yeah. it's like, like 65 bucks 
for a five gallon jug of it. We should probably do all that. Oh yeah. I mean, um, and it even like treated lumber, like the the copper treated stuff. It's not dangerous. I mean, no. Yes, it has arsenic in it. That's not. It's not going to. It's not going to leach into your vegetables. Yeah. I don't think. Um, but we were thinking yeah. we could stain the outside. Once we get you could. I mean, there's there, things we'll you can stain do. It and, but you once know, you've but, got it all established and you've got stuff growing in it, three to five years from now, you're going to be able to pull those out yep. and put new ones in. It's not going to go exactly in. right. Right. And that's that was my thinking along with it, too. Is It's funny because, again, I posted this on my homesteading group, a picture of the, the raised beds. And 90%, 95% of the people, it was like nothing but love. That's yeah. a great idea. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to do that. That's so perfect. Great, you know, great planning, great executing, on and on and on. But there is like a handful of people that are like, (laughs) (laughs) do you know how much dirt that's going to take or that wood's not going to last? And I'm like, I know this. I'm fully aware that untreated pine is not going to last my lifetime. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up, though. (laughs) Here's the other thing. You don't even need it. It it looks good. Right. You could have mounted up dirt on top of it. Yeah. So that's so that's really the plan. Matt had originally wanted, and I was Mm -hmm. not for that. (laughs) She wanted something to look really good, (laughs) Um, and it does look very nice. So what my idea is: in five years, when that wood is ready to be changed out, or three years, Mm -hmm. we're going to be at a point in our homestead where that whole section of yard is going to be crops. Mm -hmm. We're just going to take the boards out. Spread the topsoil out, till, till it, up, it up, yeah, and then we'll just plant straight in the ground yeah. with that. You know, right that now whole, we don't you know, have a tiller. What, 150 feet by you don't need a 50 right. feet. You don't need a tiller. No, true. Uh, but you have all these livestock now too, and yep. all of this is going to be great for making compost mm-hmm. and for rehabilitating. Yeah, the soil we started the compost pile. Yeah, that's the other thing we were talking about the other day is getting on our compost and um, making sure that we cultivate that really. Um, so to use. get all our eggshells, all the chicken yep. shit going to go in there. There's a real famous um, guy named Joel Salton. Um, he's he's big on uh, paddock farming, and like his problem that he's been running into on his farm is his his fences were sinking. Is what he thought. Hmm. No, he was just building so much topsoil <laughs> that they had to raise up their fences. Wow. So, wow. I mean, it's, I yeah. Know. So if we just spread it out, and then in late fall. Let the chickens get back on it and scratch around and poop everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, let the pigs root around there a little bit and poop. And then in the spring, go rake it around, spread, you know, spread it, get everything organized and, and hoe our rows. And I really think that good. with all the shit you have, yeah, that you'll be able to mix that in with, especially the pig shit and the chicken shit yep. with pine straw. And I really... I've been trying for years to make a way to compost pine straw. I just don't know pine straw. It's, it's too tough. acidic, though, isn't it? No, no. You want acidic. We do not have acidic. It just absolute. takes forever. Yeah, that's oh. the, is the it's problem. Like a, there's like a waxy mm-hmm. kind of thing, and it takes, it takes what if you, forever. Um, but if you can get it real hot, if you can compost real well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What if you uh, baked it like a button near a... What if you like just a, cooked it? What if you just fire. burn it and, and turn it into carbon, pure yeah. carbon? That'd be fine. Um, I've that's tried that, and it worked. Because it burns so fast in open flame, but if mm -hmm. you could rig like an oven next to a a bonfire Mm -hmm. where it just smokes it in there, like heats it Charcoal it. Yeah. Or just burn it and you'll be fine too. There's plenty of pine straw to go around out there. Yeah, for sure. But I wonder if that might be a future, um, be for the experimental half-assed homestead. Some people suggested putting cardboard in the bottom of the raised beds Mm -hmm. to help along with the compost. Um, 
Which we might. I mean, we've got plenty of cardboard, yeah. so maybe. I think after the um, the uh, mulcher goes through the woods, we can go back there and grab yeah. ten wheelbarrows full yeah. or so and just per, throw it. per four by eight <laughs> section. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. the first. What do you got? Three boards high. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's like I'm talking like two boards. Yeah. Just and then spread topsoil on yeah. top of that. Yeah. Because that is a lot of dirt you're going to be in. It is going to be a lot. <laughs> but it, like some straight up logs down in there too. That's, an, that's oh, another yeah. suggestion from somebody. that yep. She said that her raised beds, she put straight yep. logs yep. in the bottom because it allowed her to use less dirt mm-hmm. and, it'll, and it was compost. Well, okay. So mm-hmm. it's it's referred to as hugel culture is, is what that is. There's a guy named Sepp Holter that came up with that one. And it soaks up water to help you get by in drier conditions mm-hmm. so we're talking any type of wood yeah doesn't just, matter just and, i mean don't logs. put like walnut out there because it's got that dew glowing in it and it'll suppress growth so like red oak yeah oak fine. pine yep. yeah all that yeah. fine okay. um and what it does is as it breaks down it'll release all those nutrients mm-hmm. and it'll act like a literal sponge oh, allow me to tell y'all so we were talking about how this is also cost effective. So we have what we've told you is a a raised bed, four feet wide, sixteen feet long. It's basically times three. Times three. Um, I am never a math wizard, but that's a lot of square feet. Yeah. And this entire setup rebar, cinder blocks, the wood, despite wood prices being incredibly mm-hmm. high right now, yeah. this cost us around roughly four hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Total. That's if it. I would have mentioned it, I'd have brought the rebar over. That was <laughs> it. Four hundred dollars. We could have the cheapest part yeah. of it. I mean it <laughs> I think was the blocks were, the like blocks two, were three two fifty a piece. It was two fifty eight. Which that's nothing. The that's wood nothing. though was the like wood of, five dollars something a board. The wood of course is the most expensive. We <laughs> yeah. got all eight foot boards and just cut yeah, the, in half for the four foot. The key sections. is to try to be as efficient as you can. Mm-hmm. I only had two scrap pieces of wood. And that was or three. Because we had to cut uh, the eight foot down to eighty eight and a quarter mm-hmm. for the inside for that one the inside legs. middle yep. because part. the blocks added width yep. obviously so the yeah. you know the width the length is more than sixteen foot mm-hmm. the width is more than four because of the blocks um, so I have two three pieces that are like maybe ten inches long yeah and mm-hmm. they just go on my scrap pile and yeah. I'm so what, you got them. thirty inches out of how many. <laughs> Sticks yeah. A, it, yeah, you just have to tr- do the math and, and plan it to be as efficient as possible. Yeah, that's the beauty. You barely need to do any math because I mean, it's, no, it, it's, it really it's wasn't a, any. It's math. a Lego kit. I that's mean, it's, yeah. it's a, right. Yeah. Like you tinker, you yeah. said you said yeah. I feel like I'm building Lincoln logs Lincoln right logs, now. That's what it was. That's exactly we, what it felt. We started like. out. We did a four by sixteen. That mm-hmm. was it. And then I started. I was like, man. Yeah, we, we just did do, just a straight run, straight line. I was thinking all the cuts. I was like, that's all. That's cutting all these boards to four foot. You know, so that's what, two, four, six, seven, eight, nine mm-hmm. boards I would have to cut into four foot. And I was like, I think we can do this more efficiently. Yeah. And she originally wanted that U shape. Yeah, yeah it's um, funny because I did originally want the U. And, and then so we switched to having just three She kind of got frustrated when I started taking the other one apart. She's like, no, just do it like three, eight foot and we'll be done. I was like, and, just be done. <laughs> and I was like, no, we're going to move it over here. We're going to do And I started laying it out. And then when I laid out that first layer and she saw it. She was all in. Yeah. The beauty of where you yeah. have it is with the the yard fence right yep. there mm-hmm. being as high as it is, you'll be able to pull shade cloth over it yep. when you need it. Um, yeah. The, the it other gets sun, it gets so, sun until 
about 2 p.m., mm-hmm. maybe 3 p.m., and then when the actual heat of the day, yeah. it, it'll be in shade. The other super awesome idea that a couple people commented on that post in the homesteading group was they said, are you going to add, like, um, like we could build covers, like, yeah. on a hinge mm-hmm. and have, like, a greenhouse, a greenhouse yeah. basically. Yeah. And I was like, I freaking love that idea. That's yeah. genius. I said, we don't plan to do that this year, but we might do that in the future. Well, I think it, it would be fall, worth it, even and... if we intend to, in the future, do a garden in the ground. We could certainly at least do, even if it's not the full U shape, a piece of that and put some hinges and make a little greenhouse topper for it. Because yeah, I think that would be so The beauty cool. of putting all that wood down in there too is that's going to be breaking down and not probably not the first year right but the next in the couple future years, it'll be fantastic. it'll be producing a lot of heat yeah yeah and that'll get you through winter too so i've always i shouldn't say always since i've been in south carolina i have for the most part every year planted something um i started out just doing like container gardens and i then moved on to with my ex we used to do an in-ground tilled mm-hmm. garden um we're not i'm not really venturing out of what i have grown in the past i'm not trying anything new the only the new things we have bought is we've bought apple trees that's new and we've bought i think a fig mm-hmm. tree that's new um but when it comes to the garden and the what's going in those raised beds it's everything I've already grown before, yeah. which is going to be three types of tomatoes. I like just the big boy slicing tomatoes, mm-hmm. better boy, whatever. Just regular old slicing tomatoes, cherry tomatoes to snack on and put in salads and stuff. And then what I grow, what I prefer to grow the most of is Roma tomatoes because mm-hmm. you could do the most with those. Roma tomatoes would be absolute best for making salsas or Mm -hmm. sauces or stewed tomatoes or anything. And I will make all of that from scratch and can it. Um, In the past, I've had so many tomatoes where I've made enough spaghetti sauce and jarred and canned it to last us all year. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to buy spaghetti sauce for an entire year. Um, And it tastes so good. (laughs) And so we do... Yeah, I've always done three types of tomatoes. Um, I like to do cucumbers. I would like to... This year I got a type of cucumber to try to pickle. Mm-hmm. I've never done pickles before, but I want to give it a try. And then um, squash and zucchini mm-hmm. and bell now, pepper. I think we're going to try to do... I have a bunch of heirloom seeds mm-hmm. that are like my, my seed bank. Yeah. And... Um, I'm going to take those and plant them in the woods. Mm-hmm. And even if we don't get to pick them, they're going to die and grow more. Yep. Squirrels will get them, spread them around the woods. Um, and that's what I, I, I want to harvest the seeds. That's yep. really what I want to get more heirloom seeds. Um, like I have heirloom carrots. Mm-hmm. I have no clue how to harvest the seeds out of a damn carrot. Those things are microscopic. Yeah. I mean, well, once you see them bolt. You, okay. So the way the way you do that with real small seeded things um, – Take a uh, like a gallon Ziploc bag, uh-huh. put it over the seed head, and just shape. And then you have yeah, but the seeds are inside the carrot. A carrot. That's why right? you no. shake them out. They're not. They're mm-hmm. up in the seed head, like on cilantro. So you just holds. need to grab them at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They'll okay, be like okay. a big white or yellow. But they're like 
And the little wow. carrots are probably like four inches long, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not genetically modified or anything. But I think those would be perfect for pickling. Yeah. I've heard mm. pickled carrots are really good. So we're going to. They are. <laughs> like, this is good soil. Some yeah. spicy like pickled carrots are The bad so soil down stinky. here is really good for, for a lot of tubers. Yeah. So. Caitlin is all about her raised garden and going to kick ass doing that. But I'm, I'm going to be in the woods experimenting mm. and spreading seeds and. Um, Making deer gardens. Yes. <laughs> and turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I think the two acres we're going to clear now, thin and clear now, that's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where our creek is. You know, the creek is probably, what do you think, like 300 yards from the house all the way around. Yeah. Except on the um, north side. Mm-hmm. And then, so we'll, we'll I want to thin all the way to the creek. Um, and I want to do some cool water stuff out there. Getting some... Uh, some water gardening going out there. Yeah, so, the pond, it, it, there's a lot of possibilities with that mm-hmm. spring there yeah. in the pond. I would love to get something going, even if it's just that big, um, well, what's the name of that thing? The water thing that we're getting for free? Oh, just the water tank? The water tank. Oh, yeah, the 10,000 gallon water mm-hmm. tanks. That's going to be, that's going to um, feed off, that's going to I would love to, yeah, that's, I want to be able and to set up some kind of super garden. easy system. And the garden. Feed yeah. it off the mm-hmm. shop. Uh, yeah, it'll come roof. from the shop roof to the tank. It'll go through the tank and then it'll trickle out, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. as the pigs hit the trough, it'll refill itself. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to go out there and refill the water. That would be really awesome to set up. And you can set it we up can on have a time it. or two. I mean, there's going to sure. be enough pressure in there to. Yeah, with I mean, it, it has so a pump. Big. Yeah. We could pump it you could, uphill if, if we need, need to. to. Yeah. I mean, but that's just for if we need to pump it to the house. But especially know. if you get that thing in the next two months. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be plenty up. of water. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this roof will catch a lot. It is astonishing how much water a roof will catch. Yeah. And that thing's already half. It's it's probably full now, off the building that it's sitting next to, uh, which is a metal roofed building. And um, we'll probably we're gonna have to drain that thing. Yeah, definitely sure. before we move it. <laughs> I did find a guy who's willing to haul it up here for just gas money. Yeah, which uh, is which is awesome. Um, great friend of the show. Ten thousand gallons. Ten thousand gallons. It's it's huge. twelve foot in diameter. Full. That would be. Heavier than the roads can handle. Definitely. I mean, yeah. and you wouldn't be able to get it on to anything either. Right. So, yeah. And even getting it on empty is going to be yeah. a chore. That's going to be a pickle. Really, the, the, the problem is getting it, when we get it here, getting it off and set upright. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the problem. Yeah. Is it HDP? Is it plastic? Or yeah. It, yeah. Heavy as hell. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, though. It's going to be it's awesome. Be um, let's see. What else? Going back to animals real quick. So mm-hmm. it's like now we have our chickens now we have our pigs we already had the cats and the dogs um and mm-hmm. up next that we will get is goats that's right and they will also go back there like we've said we're getting a mm-hmm. nanny and her baby kid uh kid which is called a kid <laughs> when you're <laughs> talking about goats. a baby for girls a little baby um no it's they're not gonna be a baby by the time we get them though because um, when you have goats you need to have at least two they are yeah. very social animals, mm-hmm. and they need a friend. Yeah. So it's really, really not recommended to just get a single goat. You'll have a lot of issues. Um, but it's really luckily, not recommended to get a goat. I'm, I'm going to try and, <laughs> and they are going to tear shit up, and they're going to get out of whatever well, these you are, try to put yeah. them in. These are um, we are getting the Nigerian dwarfs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the appeal for us for getting a nanny and then her kid is just, it's kind of like the way it was phrased to us was you just take care of one goat and she's taking care of the other one. Mm -hmm. Um, and they still get that social interaction from each other that they need. Um, and they'll be all in the same pen with the mm -hmm. pigs and chickens. We're going to give it a try. I'm a little anxious about it. We're not. We have a lot more research to do. I think the, um, the cost benefit of owning goats mm-hmm. is not there unless it's you have no, yeah. the um, unless you're milking them daily. We are not getting goats to to the make a don't, You out don't of get it. a lot of milk out of them. Um, if we were to get the Nubians and be milking them regularly and making cheese and selling it and butter or, or not butter, but um, selling the milk and the cheese and yeah. soap and and uh, hey, you know what? Maybe one day. But we got to. This is just somewhere. practice. Yeah. <laughs> See how you like it because they are a hassle, and you're going to find that. And right. and there are some benefits. I mean, it, it, I had an alpine and a Nubian, and the Nubians are huge, man. Yeah, they're not fun. <laughs> the alpine was even bigger, and I mean, it was it was a hassle. They got out every day until yeah. I just gave up trying to keep them my in. neighbor. I, mean, was, I used to live in like a little suburban neighborhood in Lugoff, and my neighbor had to go in the backyard, and that thing. I've got home from work on more than one occasion and it's standing in the middle of my garden, mm-hmm. like munching on some leaves. Yep. And I'm like, Hey dude, like <laughs> let's not like, let's go back home now to this little goat's credit. It was a big one. I think he was either Nigerian or I'm not sure what, but he was a big old boy, big old horns, but he was the friendliest mm-hmm. goat I've ever met in my life. And they are. He was the like a part. dog. He yeah. just wanted to be pet. He mm-hmm. wanted you to give him, treats and snacks and he was yeah. real sweet but the nigerian dwarfs are more playful mm-hmm. curious the you know you can put little playgrounds build yeah. oh they, they need little they yeah, yeah I, I, so that's what we plan on doing it's more for entertainment so we yeah. can sit on the deck drink cocktails and watch the goats do backflips off their they can fun. also do a lot of <laughs> a lot of land clearing too yeah. I mean, right let i think that letting you got enough wooded yes. property out here It'd be a lot in fencing, but with the goat man's, well, you can buy temporary fencing, like electrified mm-hmm. fencing that you can yeah. move around. And mm-hmm. I, I plan on probably if we're going to keep having goats, if we're going to continue, I will invest in that and and just move them yep. around the property to clear the underbrush. But from what Tom Webb was telling me, he's like, man, they're not going to eat holly. No. They're not going to eat the thorny vines. Yeah. They're not um, eating what we have, basically. Yeah. yeah. He was kind of like, you know, they, they browse so anything up. They mm-hmm. want to get eat what's up. And he's like, you really don't have a lot right now. So yeah. in the winter, early spring, in the fall, you're going to have you're going to have to feed them hay and, mm-hmm. and alfalfa and stuff like that. Um, but in the summertime, we'll see what's out there. We'll yeah. see how, you know, how good they do. Um, I plan on, once we thin, um, I do want to try to find a grass seed that is hardy enough to grow amongst trees. You are going to have an explosion of plant life out yes. there. Yes, I, I, I believe down. so. Because um, we do have a lot of uh, fruit-bearing trees mm-hmm. around here that we know the deer are eating. And so I imagine those are going to start popping up yeah. more. Who has their phone on? The host, on own the show host on my own show. So rude. And it's a Did we make the official announcement yet that the beautiful fiance is the official host of the Half-Assed Homesteading Podcast? 
Did we do that? Right at the beginning. Yeah, I think we said at the beginning. Oh. We're going to have to come up with like a send-off that I say, though. Mm. Yeah, you got to take something before the end of the show. Mm. The clock is ticking. Yeah. No pressure, though. <laughs> so that's our livestock. What about bees? Or veggies. Yeah, are we giving up bees? on the bees? We haven't given up on the bees. I feel <laughs> so... It's funny because the bees... There is so much more to bees than people mm-hmm. think, than mm-hmm. I thought going into it. Yeah, we I'm talked still... about this on the last Vote Map podcast. Like, we want to be responsible bee yeah. keepers. Yeah, I yeah. so badly would love to have bees because, I mean, I could go on and on about how vital they are to Everybody our entire yeah. existence. I think people know that by now. Um, but when it comes to having a hive and caring for them, it is so much more involved. Than I look I, at it like I getting a dog or a cat. Like yeah. you know, that's a responsibility you have. Yeah, um, and we did have a swarm come to the Bradford pear trees that are right outside the studio. Mm-hmm. There's two of them. I was outside working there. We were. I was doing the, and I just heard buzz. I was like, "Damn, that's a lot of bees!" And I, of course, they're on the flowers and the Bradford pears. But um, it was just I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but yeah. there was a. Shit ton of bees all up in them flowers. Now, when I pulled up on one of the dogwoods out front, I didn't see a single honeybee. Mm-hmm. You had six different wasps and yeah. flies and bumble and carpenter bees, mm-hmm. but I didn't see any I've definitely bees. seen an increase in the bumblebees mm-hmm. around here when yeah. I'm outside in the yard. Um, but yeah, I have not seen any honeybees. I Some people will go out and catch a swarm mm-hmm. to keep in a hive. I don't think we'll have much luck finding a swarm around here. Unless we're like accidentally taking somebody else's bees. Yeah, yeah what are the rules on um, that? I wonder. Like, if you see a swarm on it, there aren't. You can <laughs> those take are a just swarm. Your bees, like, right? It's just a, like, well, it's typically like a wild it. swarm. But yeah. sometimes you will set, you will order your queen, you will order your set of bees, you will have this thriving hive, and, just and for no reason, the whole kit and caboodle will leave. Well, they probably found a better place to and, hang out. Where um, <laughs> they got. Big enough, and yeah, whoever yeah, had them, yeah, yeah. you have right. Them. You do have to keep an eye on them, and when they get bigger, you do have to split your hive and oh, make two I hives. You just stack and, it up higher, make it bigger. Well, no, because what what can happen is you can have your queen, and everything will be going great, but then suddenly you've got another queen was born, no. and then that'll create problems. There's you do more. have to keep an eye it's on like it. Game of Thrones and in a box in the yard, which awesome. is why I like the top bar hives because you can see all you can that see a it all, yeah, and then you can. Build another top bar and mm-hmm. move them over. But see, I'm built. I'm busy building like an actual bar. I don't know. About <laughs> I'm, leave, I'm deferring to yeah. Caitlin on all the bee stuff. I have not given up on bees. I I still so badly want to do it. I am just still working on finishing my book, mm-hmm. and I'm part of a beekeeping group on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. And and I'm learning a lot of good information from them. It might be fun just to build um, the top bar high. And throw it out and there. just throw it see out there and see what happens. And and yeah, see what see happens. What happens. Like. We do intend to go to local in Camden. There's a bee guy who sells all the supplies. His mm-hmm. name is Danny Childers, I think. Childers, Childers, Childers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sells all kinds of bee supplies. And so, yeah. I think we intend to go talk with him and kind of just pick his brain a little bit and. Um, that's probably where we will get our supplies. It is actually, you have better success rates if we were to purchase a queen mm-hmm. from him as opposed to just ordering one yep. online. Um, 
you'll have more success getting a local bee and starting with a local bee. Um, so I think we'll, we'll probably do that as well if we can. You brought up the, the farmer's market there. Let's do a little plug for it this week. On yeah. Saturday, they're going to have some llamas there yes. for uh, kids to pet on. I actually am probably going to go to the farmer's market this weekend so with a friend we. of mine. Um, I, I enjoy going. I like to pick up some stuff if something catches my eye. Mm-hmm. And, and I always kind of get inspired when I see something for what I can make for dinner or what I can enjoy. And so I really do enjoy our local farmer's market. And I I intend to go this Saturday. Um, but yeah, like you said, this this will be the opening weekend. So it's the, oh, it's it? okay. the first farmer's market of the season. And like you said, they're going to have some llamas there, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, Get out there, support your local yeah. farmers and gardeners. There's and lots of good businesses out there. and um, I'm curious to see how it does this year. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. coffee businesses selling, selling fresh coffee. Um, I'm not That's sure. That's good coffee, too. It's, it's super good coffee. It's, yeah. I think there's going to be more than just the one that's been there in the past this year. But in the past, there has been White Blossom Coffee. It is good enough that I would buy a bag of that coffee. We always try to grab a coffee to to sip on while we're going through the farmer's market, mm-hmm. but it's... Try to avoid Julian Burns. It's... Stop. He's always hey, creeping around. this isn't the vote Matt Puskas. I'm sorry, but <laughs> he care. is always creeping around the farmer's market like a weirdo. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's always a good time. So I would suggest checking out the farmer's market. Um, and then... Maybe in a few out. years, there's going to be a... Uh, Half-ass homesteading booth over there. That would be really awesome. <laughs> I would happily sell, you know, my yeah. spaghetti sauce mm-hmm. and maybe some eggs. I yeah. certainly can sell some farm fresh eggs and some some jelly that I make and can. And who knows? Maybe one day I'll be selling some honey also. That'd mm-hmm. be pretty cool. And then maybe one day beyond that, I'll be selling some goat milk. You sell some pork chops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I I I actually really would love to to have a little a little stand at the farmers market one yeah. day. I think that would be awesome. I've been kicking around the idea of opening up a little kratom booth yeah. out there for a long time. Maybe it'd we'll be see. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I I think I could easily at least for now start selling my eggs. I certainly get enough. I just have for the time being been giving them away. <laughs> yeah. But I probably could sell them. But for the most part, we do pretty decent about eating them. Um, but yeah, I think that's about everything. Did you come up with a, an outro here? Hmm. Hmm. The old one was, so, don't, don't be scared to be half-assed. So you can't use that. You gotta come oh, okay. I was just going to say, you know, thanks for joining me. Come next time and be half-assed with me. <laughs> I don't know. Whack. <laughs> Then you think of something. Uh, it's not my show, but no, maybe we'll think of something later. Mine's not good enough. I love you, baby. Uh-huh. You did so good. I'm so proud of you. You did a good job. For real. Uh-huh. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>